0: Hi everyone! Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. Uh, Andy, it's the end of September. Where, where has the, where's the fall? It's flying by.
1: I don't even understand, Diane. <laughs> How did this happen?
0: Andy, the passage of time—it's a mystery.
1: God, it just <laughs> goes faster and faster, Diane.
0: But I know you're happy because we're coming into Halloween season. Oh heck
1: yeah! It's my and I know you're favorite, excited about that. Favorite time of year. Oh, and we'll. we'll oh be, my God! What? I just realized tomorrow. Yes. Is the new. Hocus Pocus!
0: It is! Tomorrow already! It is! On Disney Plus! I can't wait! Hocus Pocus 2.
1: If it's bad, I'm gonna be so angry. <laughs> Sorry to put that be out there. Quiet. That's my mood this week. <laughs> if it sucks, I'm gonna be just angry.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Andy's had a tough week. <laughs> it's been a very busy so week, and
1: I have no time for a bad Hocus Pocus. You know,
0: We're going to be very gentle with Andy today. He's had a very rough week.
1: Yeah, except not. But <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a baby.
0: But um, we have so we we have stuff to talk about today because there's really good stuff coming down the pike. We are going to talk about Halloween offerings probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we I have think, to. I think next week so sh- because there's you know Hulu does a, a whole bunch of fun Halloween stuff, Halloween, and um, but all of the streamers are going to have special. Halloween content probably throughout the whole of October.
1: The next so, American Horror Story, the, exactly, the theme is The New York Stories, New York, I think, New York. is coming out, yeah. and that's going to be
0: later in October. But, you know, when you log into one of the streaming services, you are going to be hit with a lot of uh, spooky, scary content. So be ready for that. But today, today... We're going to talk about oh, some really good stuff. Um, first of all, we want to thank everyone who listened to our little chat with Lennon Parham and Jessica St. Clair last week because, oh my gosh, we love them so much. They're
1: so delightful.
0: And it was so wonderful to catch up with them. They are they are queens in every sense of the word. And we loved loved love talking to them. So thank you f- to everyone who, who gave a listen. This week's treat, and we're going to talk about this as well, this week's treat is a chat with Rami Youssef who is the star and creator and sometime director and producer of Rami on Hulu. Season three of Rami is going to drop tomorrow as well, September 30th. And oh my gosh, you are in for an experience. Because if you're already a fan of the show, you know how good it is. If you're not a fan, if you haven't watched, I cannot encourage you more to watch this show because one, it's a story that you don't usually see on TV and it's a perspective you don't usually see on TV and it's wonderful. And Rami is wonderful about telling the story of an entire family. Season three in particular has a standout performance by Haim Abbas who plays Rami's mother. You also know her from Succession. If you watch that show, she plays Brian Cox's wife, Marsha. She is absolutely phenomenal in this season of Rami. I'm already gonna go Andy, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna predict that Emmy nomination. Because I think yes. she's stunning in this she season. Is. Um you've watched a few episodes of the new season, yes?
1: Yeah. So I you know, I watched the first season or some of the first season when it came out and I liked it. But, you know, there's a lot of TV and life happens and I kind of fell off, not intentionally because I was really intrigued by it. So um, I jumped in with, you know, the the screeners for season three. And wow, I mean, yes. they are just like drop dead fat fabulous, like so uh, just nuanced in the storytelling of this this Muslim family and just kind of grappling with so many different challenges in life from, you know, their economic situation to Rami made some bad decisions last season. Which is <laughs> what the
0: show is about a lot of the time. Bad decisions. R- yeah, yeah. But even though the family lives in New Jersey, uh, the show is not limited to New Jersey. The show goes a long way from New Jersey as a matter of fact. And you will also see that. And Rami and I also chat about that. So I, I do hope you listen to that conversation. Uh, it was really wonderful to talk to him we had a really great chat uh he's on the east coast but we had a great zoom chat and i want to thank him and hallie Seikoff from a24 she's also an executive producer on the show and she was also in the chat with us as well and you will hear that at the end of this episode yeah
1: and just definitely add rami to your list without Uh, a doubt it's you will not regret it. This is up there with like reservation dogs and Yes. just some other truly great shows that have kind been on a bit of a slow burn, I think, in terms of, of like reaching, you know, more of a mass viewership and really deserve our time and attention because they're telling just fascinating stories about groups that are underrepresented still on in, you know, mainstream Very culture. And it's... But it's not just the representation, it's the quality. And I put something out on, on Facebook this week about another show that neither of us really loved, which was the reboot of Queer as Folk on Peacock, which was canceled this week. Oh. And you know, both of us had just a hard time getting into it. Yeah. And I yeah. and I just put out there that, you know, I, I saw some backlash about, you know, this is not enough queer representation. I thought, yes, we need representation, but we also need quality. And we need storytelling and we need character development. And, and and you know, when we don't have all of those things, we can't be so upset when a show gets canceled. And this show has it all.
0: Um, Rami definitely has it all. Um, but by the way, since we're mentioning the queer representation thing, in a related note, um, there are LGBTQ organizations that asked for the LGBTQ label to be removed from Dahmer right. on Netflix. And Netflix removed it. And um Andy, I know you had I know you really loved I did this series. I
1: loved this series. And
0: I find it very hard to watch, so I'm moving glacially slow yeah, through and it. And
1: it is hard to watch and I, I went I took the opposite approach and I said I wanna watch all of it. And be done with it because I don't <laughs> want to spend weeks in his world. I want to like wow. spend a few wow. days and then not have to think about it again. Wow. So anyway, that is why I kind of powered through it. But I also did find it really fascinating. And as we talked about, there was no advanced press for it. People didn't right. even know it was coming out. Ryan Murphy hasn't done an interview. No one really has done any interviews for the show, right? And that
0: was that was Ryan Murphy's choice. He, okay. chose, he chose not to
1: And do you said he typically doesn't do much, but usually he'll do a little bit.
0: Uh, Yes, usually he'll do a little bit. He decided not to on this one. He decided to let this speak for itself.
1: And in looking at the reaction to the show from various groups, I now understand why there was no advance notice This show, I mean, it's honestly, it's gotten a lot of acclaim. I've seen, you know, a lot of really positive reviews. I've seen a lot of people talking about it on social media and really liking it. But there's also been really interesting and really uh, heated backlash from different groups. So the victims have come out. uh, The families of the victims have come out and said there was no, they were upset that there was no advance notice. They're having to relive it because this show's so huge. It's done really well, apparently. Very well for for Netflix. Netflix, Which is... You it's know. like number
0: one. Yeah, Netflix which right now. Ryan Accor- Murphy was it's not easy.
1: on a roll. So, but
0: according to Netflix, according
1: so to take Netflix, take it with the grain
0: of salt. Fair,
1: fair, fair. So, um, but so the victims' families have come out and said they're they're really upset that they didn't know about it. Then, like you mentioned, that LGBT community, I I don't know who among the community, but some, some people said you know why this shouldn't be labeled as an LGBTQ show, which I frankly, think is a little bit ridiculous because it is an LGBTQ show. He was a gay man and his victims were gay and it's very gay. It doesn't mean LGBTQ doesn't always have to be positive. We can show the whole spectrum of the community. See, this and this is an interesting point. So I don't, I don't really buy that argument. And I also understand why they didn't do any advanced press because I think the scrutiny that has been placed on this show is so intense that if they had started reaching out to people and saying this is coming and it had gotten out there that the scrutiny would have just shut the whole thing down like they right. couldn't there's right. no, you just cannot make people happy everyone happy with a show like this, oh, and I, so true. right, and I, but I, but I think the show did as good of a job as you can do to represent the perspectives of the families and the victims, uh. and even Jeffrey Dahmer's own family, who were victims of of him, like in, in a way, like right. they didn't create right. him, they didn't endorse this, like this was something they had to deal with. So I don't know. I just found it. I found it to be a really nuanced show. I thought it did a great job at bringing to life some of the victims, which I don't think anybody's really done that. I haven't seen it in popular culture. Like, even the Dahmer movie that came out a few years ago, I don't think it really got into him, into the victims. And this brought to life some of the victims in a way that I thought was really beautiful and profound. So, anyway, uh, all that is to say I do understand now why this was released so quietly. Because Mm. there was just no way that they could have made people happy Um, So anyway, it's fair that people are upset and and I, you know, that they're having that they're able to say that they have a voice. And I'm also glad that that did not shut down the production of the show, because I think we need to keep telling stories like this and understand how atrocities like this can happen.
0: Exactly. I think I think discourse is really important. Yeah. But I think it's I understand the concerns and I also understand stand the concerns of the gay community and not wanting I to be portrayed as predators I, um, you, and you're bad. Right. And I do
1: understand I that. I get that. Yeah. And
0: but nobody's all good or all bad.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I guess we're talking Except about Except for nuance. Jeffrey Dahmer
1: who's pretty much all bad. But. but
0: hey, and also just in another related note, there is a new season of L Word Generation Q coming out, I think a little later in fall, on Showtime. So again, there is, there's representation but I guess... We always want all kinds. We want, like, a a broad horizon of representation. Well, I understand the
1: fear of this being labeled an LGBTQ show because it implies, you know, it's scary. It's still scary to be a gay person even in this day and age, at times, you know, knowing that just a generation ago... You know, things were much scarier and much different, and that were, you know, and then politically in the world right now, you know, there's a lot of right. scary people out there trying to take people's rights away. So I understand why people are afraid to have this labeled as such, but I also think it is part of, you know, the, the broad world, and and we need a variety of stories. So anyway,
0: that's true. I'm very sensitive. Um, I guess, in kind of a related note, am I going to say that 50 times today? <laughs> I'm very sensitive.
1: It's all related to
0: stories about women getting murdered. And I, re- I don't know why I didn't notice it when I was growing up, because it was everywhere on television, Whether Interesting. Prime, especially primetime dramas. Yeah. Women getting murdered drove so much primetime drama and still does. And I find it very disturbing now. And I think it's because I'm old and I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand that that happens in real life. And I'm not trying to devalue that. But it still really bothers me that it's fodder for so much programming. Anyway.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. But a lot of true crime is consumed by women. So true. So where does that come into play? And, like, and
0: they're very fixated on it. Yeah. And women love. I am not one of those women.
1: Yeah. I have enough. Okay.
0: I'm I'm Jewish and neurotic. I have enough. I have enough <laughs> neuroses. <laughs>
1: don't I don't to. need to lean into that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, I I do have to mention that, as, I, as I've been saying every week, I'm watching the final season of The Good Fight, and they release a new episode every Thursday. And this week's episode I watched at 6 a.m. this morning. And I was, Diane, I did
1: not think you get up at 6 a.m. in the I'm, morning. I'm
0: awake and reading bad news at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I like to make sure the world okay. is still there.
1: You don't to wait to text me until 9, I think.
0: I, I Yeah, I don't text you that early. <laughs> no.
1: I'm usually awake, but not functional. Not functional, no. Yeah.
0: I, I, I don't expect results at 6 a.m. Yeah. 6 a.m. is just like, I'll watch something if, I, if I'm awake. And I wound up watching The Good Fight. And every episode is very strong. It's one of the best written shows on television. And in their final season, they make their choices very carefully, which I admire. And in the season, in the episode, this week's episode, Alan Cumming returns as Eli Gold, who is a wickedly smart strategist and political operative. And the episode also deals with anti-Semitism. And the whole season is against the backdrop of protests and uprisings in Chicago. Okay. So the law firm is functioning and there are constant protests and shouting and fighting and, you know, just rioting, basically, outside the office building. And it really speaks to my anxieties. I think it speaks to a lot of people's anxieties. And Christine Baranski's character, Diane Lockhart, is trying to deal with her own you know, and, and she's doing it with some medical therapy supervised by John Slattery's character, Dr. Lyle Betancourt. Okay. Boy, oh boy, is it great to see John Slattery <laughs> on screen. But I have to say, Alan Cumming is particularly good in this week's episode. And like I said, this episode had me pretty much crying at about 6.30 a.m. Wow. Halfway through the episode, there's a couple of very, very moving scenes. Uh and it's, uh, it's Sarah Steele who plays his daughter and uh, Marissa. And boy, oh boy, they are so, so good. I'm trying not to spoil it. I've been very bothered by the wave of anti-Semitism. Yeah. You know, especially... It's horrifying. When, when Trump took office again, and then I really noticed it even more. And then I watched Ken Burns' documentary, The U.S. and the Holocaust, And it just reaffirmed my thinking that people need to be aware of these things because the way the Republican Party is going and with the neo-Nazis that are basically on the rise and, you know, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, whatever you want to call them, you know, this is the kind of stuff that they want to do again. Yeah. And as a Jew living in America, I never, ever thought I would see this happen. My mother passed away about 10 years ago. I thank God she is not alive to see this because it would literally just, it would make her physically ill the way it makes me physically ill. All I can say is I hope people watch these things. I hope people are aware of these things. I think it's truly important. Um, it, it goes to humanity. It goes to our basic humanity
1: I mean, I think that's what draws both of us to TV and to talk, want to talk about it. It's not just because we want to sit here and watch mindless entertainment. We want to watch mindful entertainment that is connected to, you know, things that move us. Yeah. And 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 learning about other cultures and taking it back to Rami, bringing it full circle. Yes. Again, no spoilers, but there is some very thoughtful, nuanced, fascinating dialogue that happens between... Israelis and American Muslims later in the show that is some of the most I don't know I just found it fascinating. And because it is fascinating. Yeah and, and and also it's like you know Muslims have not had a good go on TV you know like like this is showing a much more nuanced portrayal of, of, of that community which is still you know because of whatever is still sometimes vilified I think more than
0: well or they get cast in roles of villains or criminals or its just not
1: when we had a whole generation following you know 9/11 oh, gosh, where yes, you horrible. know it was like we're all about to like be taken over by a Muslim extremists and you know how much of that was just hysteria I don't know anyway that's a whole other conversation on, and, and is, but
0: it's a family story. Yeah, but it's it's also about. Oh, but no. it's
1: but it's universal and it's talking about how do we relate to each other as people, even Very if we much. come from these backgrounds that are like historically not able to, to coexist. Yeah, yeah, fascinating, yeah.
0: great stuff. Um, on a lighter note, I watched a movie called Do Revenge on Netflix. I know I'm a little late to this. For those of you out there going, duh, duh. hello, <laughs> I, I think it uh, debuted a couple of weeks ago. Um, it is a film written by Jen Caton Robinson and Celeste Ballard. Jen Caton Robinson also did a series for MTV called Sweet Vicious that only lasted one season and was great, critic gr- critically reviewed, very, very good. I-, I think I only saw a couple episodes. It is not streaming anywhere. I checked. But Do Revenge, I think, is just such a must. Maya Hawke stars in it and Cammie Mendes from Riverdale. For one, this is one of the most clever movies I've seen in a long time. It is very tightly written. The styling and production design, the wardrobe and production design are stellar. It's funny, which, boy oh boy, it's relatable. And best of all, it has so many hat tips to Clueless that I lost count after a while. Including some great musical stings where you go, Oh, right, that's from Clueless. Oh, right, that's from Clueless. That's
1: all you had to say to me is clueless and in a in a positive context. Right. <laughs> and comparing this in a positive context, and I'm and I'm on board now. I, I need to watch.
0: This. I was talking to my older brother though, who's five years older than me, and I said, Hey, have you seen Clueless? And he says, No. I said, Okay, I need you to watch this, <laughs> and then I need you to watch Um Do Revenge. And I said, can you handle a teen comedy? And my brother, God love him. He goes, I don't care if it's vaudeville or a teen comedy. If it's funny, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I was like, that's the spirit. Yeah. So if by some crazy, crazy chance you have not seen Clueless, watch Clueless, which is also on Netflix, streaming on Netflix, and then watch Do Revenge. And you can thank me later.
1: I I know how I'm going to spend my weekend. Ah. Do you know that? I was exactly the age of Cher in Clueless when that movie came out. I was getting my, I think I was 15, getting my permit, learning to drive. Uh, You know, not in quite such a glamorous setting, but that is one of my very, very favorite movies of all time.
0: You're a virgin who can't drive. (laughs) Oh, my God, Cher, I've been in such a shame spiral.
1: My book is fit or fat.
0: <laughs> I gave The Handmaid's Tale another try. I watched the season five opener, and uh, I feel like that show doesn't change. Andy, I don't know if you have been checking it out, but um, thanks to some other friends, I'm also in love with Evil. Thanks to you, yeah. I'm going to go back and watch all of season one and all of season two. I finished. I did watch all of season Isn't three. Fun? but I'm going to go back. Oh, it's so clever and it's and scary, scarred.
1: but it's not like scary, scary, right? Or did you think it's scary, scary? It's a little scary. It's a little scary.
0: Well, because there's all these demons.
1: Yeah, but it's fine. I only, I
0: only watch it during the daytime, like, so it's okay.
1: Fake demons are fun. Real demons are scary to me.
0: I do love the way they talk about faith and the way they talk about scary things. So I did, I remember I watched some of season one. I know I did when it first hit Netflix so now, but now I'm just going to go back and do the sweep. Yeah. So uh, the other things I watched, uh, Pat Oswalt's new comedy special, We All Scream, uh, now streaming on Netflix, just because I love him. And it's just great to see him. And he's a wonderful storyteller. One of my favorite things is he tells a very funny story about how his wife defended their home when like, an unknown stranger was wandering around. And the guy was really there to fix their air conditioning, <laughs> but they didn't know that. No one had called them. A very funny story. Um, also, in funny people with comedy specials, Nick Kroll's, uh, what I think it's called Little Big Boy, is now streaming on Netflix as well, but I, I have not started in on that just yet because I've been too busy watching Bling, Empire. my Can you screeners.
1: just bring, do Kroll's show again? Like...
0: That's hard. I mean, he's got to get other people.
1: I know, but it was so good. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite things ever, Liz and Liz yeah, the I was, publicist. I knew you were going to say that. Publicity.
0: Because
1: it's it's it was based good. on our names.
0: It's one of the like, best sketches ever. Yeah,
1: but yeah, but like everything about Kroll Show is so freaking hysterically funny just and holds like up. Eddie I think publicity. it holds up publicity. <laughs> it's it's because of our names. I love that show.
0: It was fantastic. I I would love that. I would love that. I mean,
1: it's been like a decade, so well, I don't see that happening. He's also not like
0: the Big Mouth Industrial Complex. Yeah, you're right. There's a new season of Big Mouth coming yeah. soon. Um, I forget the. What Premier is he Day. in right
1: now? That he's uh, oh, he's in Don't Worry, Darling. He's in
0: Don't Worry, Darling. So yes, he was part of that. Publicity mishmash,
1: which is doing phenomenally well at the box office, is it? I haven't well, it's seen doing any pretty, It's doing really well. It did like nineteen million dollars in its first week. Ooh,
0: I think so that was it, higher like, than predicted. I
1: think it's overperforming. Yeah, I'm anymore. gonna have to check out because yeah. Matt
0: Bellany over at Puck News yeah, has been loved, talking about. I gotta that.
1: go to the movies. Because like boys, uh, bros. Oh, bros!
0: Billy Eichner's new Billy movie. Eichner's
1: new movie is out, and like I wouldn't mind seeing. Don't worry, darling. Like we're you know I like to sit at home and watch things on the big screen on my big screen. I don't like going to the movies, but I might have to start.
0: I'm just out of practice.
1: Yeah, same. And the ArcLight in Hollywood is closed, so like I don't even know where I would go.
0: If you come over to my <laughs> neighborhood, I'll go. I'll go oh, to that, that little theater's cool. Go to the Sunset, the, the
1: Lemley Sunset Five is really nice. Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay.
0: Done.
1: Um, Off topic, but yes. Okay.
0: Um, Another thing I wanted to mention, comedy special-wise, Kate Berland, who Andy and I like very much, and if you watched uh, A League of Our Own on Prime Video, she was part of the baseball team. She's got a comedy special uh, streaming on Hulu called Cinnamon in the Wind, (laughs) directed by Bo Burnham, the man who can do it all, and she's also doing a one-woman show called Kate, aptly enough, which is off-Broadway right now, and Bo Burnham also directed that one. And respect to her for churning out two different shows yeah. in the same calendar year, because that is not easy. I'm assuming that Cinnamon in the Wind maybe was written and, and done in <laughs> last year, maybe? That name
1: is just so weird. I, I know. It makes but me I, want to watch right, it.
0: Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, there's also, uh, I thought I would mention, there's a new documentary on Netflix about GameStop, Called Eat the Rich. Uh, and it's a, I haven't watched it yet. It's a, like a, a documentary series. I've heard it's kind of tongue in cheek and funny.
1: Is this part of that documentary series they have? The Un.
0: I don't think it's part of Untold.
1: Untold? No. Okay. No, okay. I
0: just, when I saw it, it just said Eat the Rich, GameStop something. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Oh, and then I have a public service <laughs> announcement. Bless you. Uh, the public service announcement is. Shits Creek is leaving Netflix.
1: Oh my God. October
0: gosh. 2nd. But.
1: Where is it going? Our friends at Hulu. Oh, great.
0: Are picking it up. Um,
1: Netflix. So as, oh, Netflix. as. Netflix. Come on, Netflix. As
0: of October 3rd, it will be streaming on Netflix. And the geniuses at Hulu PR sent out the best email of the day from Alexis Rose Communications.
1: Shut up right now. Andy,
0: may I do a dramatic reading for you?
1: I would be mad if you didn't.
0: <laughs> it says, I don't want to brag, but Hulu is, like, totally obsessed with my family.
2: <laughs> Dateline, Shits
0: Creek, September 29th, 2022. Every now and again, spending, like, a little bit of money on something really special can definitely help make you smile. And that's why I, like, commend Hulu for seeking us out at Alexis Rose Communications, because we totally get it. <laughs> Generally speaking, we at Alexis Rose Communications believe there's nothing wrong with asking for what you deserve, and after weeks and weeks of, like, heavy business negotiations with Hulu, I can absolutely not say no as a businesswoman. The world deserves the best, and I love that journey for that.
1: I love that journey! I was like, where is... I love that journey.
0: And now a special announcement. Alexis Rose Communications is happy to bring you the world exclusive announcement that Hulu will be the official destination for Schitt's Creek beginning October third. Is that the best press release ever? You're, That's a, you're literally a it's Andy. the best. Isn't that the best?
1: It's the best. Okay. It cuts through the clutter. It's really good. Thank you. It's Liz and Liz publicity <laughs> approved, <laughs> Alexis Rose Communications approved, and Andy Count approved.
0: And, and because it's. A little bit of Lexus. A little bit of
1: Lexus. we're out of control. We've officially off lost it. We're, we're off the rails. rails.
0: Um what else you got?
1: Because um, I think I'm
0: I think I'm out of steam.
1: Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about interview with the vampire. <gasps>
0: oh my gosh, I forgot Because say
1: Finally airing <gasps> October second. This Sunday. Yeah, so it's amazing.
0: And it's it's already <laughs> it's already been renewed.
1: Yeah, for, for season, season two.
0: So you don't have to feel weird about investing time. Jump in. The vampires are sexy and hot.
1: Yes, they are. It's everything you could want. There's <sighs> blood sucking and sexy vampires. Sexy time. And and New Orleans. And just, it's, it's really fun.
0: It's a very kind of lush period drama. And the two main vamps... Are just so played by
1: Jacob Anderson and Sam Reed. Sam
0: Reed, they're so sexy together. Yeah. The chemistry is sexy. Everything about them is sexy. Yeah. And Sam Reed plays the. Uh, he makes, Jake Jacob's character, the vampire, and it's very sexy to watch him give how-to lessons.
1: Uh yeah. Right. I'm also listening to the audiobook of Interview Ooh, with the Vampire okay. and it is fairly true to the book. So I also give it props on accuracy or um you know.
0: Well, AMC Networks is, you know, very invested in the whole Anne Rice.
1: Yeah, thing I, I'm like a new uh, Anne Rice like convert over the past couple of years and I cannot get enough. Her books are insane and lush and just <laughs> totally bonkers. Um, in the best way. So.
0: And what's the other series that they're so doing? So they're also hers?
1: working on a series called The Mayfair Witches, which is based on a trilogy of Anne Rice books that starts with The Witching Hour, which is like this 48-hour... Audible or audio book.
0: Excuse me. 48 it's, hours. I
1: think it's 48 hours. Oh my God. It's gigantic. And I spent like an entire year of the pandemic listening to it and falling asleep, rewinding, listening to more like it took me about a year to get through it. But it's like the world that she builds is so cool and weird and just great. So
0: and that series is going to be coming to AMC, I think, next early next year. I think that's year. like
1: early 2023. And yeah. I saw um, one of our favorite actresses, Beth Grant, post about <gasps> oh, it. So lovely putting it out in the universe maybe we can get her and some of the other people on the show yes we
0: would love to talk to beth grant that would be wonderful um and again it's a lot oh yeah oh oh, no go ahead no no no. i was gonna say definitely tune in sunday night to watch interview with a vampire because it's really a beautifully done show and i will say it makes you it's one of those shows that would make you want to binge it yeah. You know.
1: I watched the first four like episodes of the Screeners like watching the screeners. pretty back to back. So
0: And also yeah. if you're in the mood for more sexy vampires, Julie Pleck's show, Vampire Academy, is over on Peacock. And that yeah. debuted about, I wanna say, a week or two ago.
1: I mean, tis and the that's season.
0: Young sexy <laughs> Young Sexy Vampires. Yeah. You know, which Julie Pleck does very, 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 very well, you know, and weaving those great melodramas, melodramatic stories. Um, okay,
1: we have to, next week we have to do a Halloween episode. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm going to be traveling towards the end of next week, So, but we'll figure it out because we want to make sure you get some good some Halloween stuff to watch. Yeah, because
1: yeah, it's almost October. I'm going to be turning all of my attention to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy's <laughs> got priorities.
1: It's very serious. Other
0: things to pay attention to this weekend, uh, Saturday Night Live Returns. Uh, to begin its 48th season, which is just astounding. Watching new been cast that members, long. right? New cast members. I want to say there's like three or four new ones. And I think Miles Teller is, uh, he's oh, the first him. guest host. So, you know, we'll see if he still has his sexy stash. Uh, he uh, the wonderful Yvonne Orgy, better known as Molly from Insecure, has a new comedy special dropping on HBO, and excuse me, HBO and HBO Max. October 1st is called Yvonne Orgy A Whole Me and another comedy special to be aware of dropping October 4th on Netflix Hasan Minhaj The King's Jester
1: he's phenomenal isn't he I watched a lot of his Netflix show called oh his
0: um, his new ah, show
1: what was it it was like a new show yeah with Very lots of audio visual aids uh, but he is wow he is whip smart
0: exactly and, very, and that show is very good, because I watched a lot of that, too.
1: And he's nice to look at, I'm not going to lie. He's a handsome man. He's very handsome. He's a
0: handsome man. Although I think he plays for my team, Mandy, so hands off.
1: I don't care. I can still look.
0: <laughs> you, yes, you can look. <laughs>
1: and comment.
0: Um, again, we have an interview with Rami Youssef coming at the end of this episode. I hope you'll stick around and listen to that. And until next week... Stay safe out there. It's finally cooling off in Los Angeles. Get some fresh air, kids. And we'll talk to you soon. Hi, everyone. Quick note about this conversation. I had this recently with Rami Youssef, the creator, writer, director, producer, actor, of Rami on Hulu. Season three drops Friday, September 30th. All 10 episodes. Get into it. You will not be sorry. It's an incredible season. Enjoy. I am about six episodes into the new season. And really? my, first, my first question is a technical one. I know there's 10 episodes. Are you going to drop them all at once? Or is Hulu going to do it a little differently this time?
2: we are going to do the uh, all 10 at once which okay. i think is uh for me uh definitely how our show is meant to be watched like i think i think it is like it's 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 important to kind of see the um the pieces you know together um and and Sweet. so I, I i definitely uh uh, you know, we definitely utilize television with I think we make the show with the idea of like, yeah, someone's just going to keep watching. And so we don't feel like we have to have closure on everything at the end of every episode or anything like that.
0: It would also feel odd to watch an episode of your show and, and look at last week on Rami. Yeah,
2: yeah, 100 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> percent.
0: And uh, also, I guess I'm going to I'll say this a couple of times, but new episodes of Rami September 30th on Hulu. Um, my first thought, like I said, I've watched six, about six of the 10 episodes. I feel, I don't know if this was one of the inspirations, but it kept making me think of the question, what is the American dream? Does it still exist? What was your thinking when you started to put together season three?
2: Uh, I mean, I think you're, you're right on it, you know, and, um, and, and even to like, really hone in on it i think that this is a show that's always been very much about spirituality and i think that this season i have really defined it as you know the rami character having a crisis of faith in his spirituality definitely but i think what's happening with his parents is their crisis of faith is in the american dream you know they're really wondering you know where did we net out on it? because it's 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 kind of this moment for them where they've been in the country for over thirty years, and they still can't own the home that they've been living in, which I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation with the credit Very card and, you know, all all of these um, you know, really tough circumstances. And so we talked a lot about the American dream because it it is why this family is where they are. And I think they're kind of getting it's almost like the results have come in. And they're like, Oh, wait, what? (laughs) Is this what we thought? If you told us, this is what it would look like, you know, in 2022, when we came here in the 80s, would we have flown here, you know, and I I think that 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 was a big thing for us while we were making the season. And, and, uh, you know, not even to give too much away, we have this like, Shark Tank piece that 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 Hallie oh worked Hallie worked very hard at helping make a reality, but it's um, you no know, that that show. I mean, I think you know, just to even keep it zoomed out, right? Like the show Shark Tank for you know, it's it's Farouk, the our father character's favorite show. That's the American dream in thirty minutes. It's I worked hard, I thought of something, and you know, I want to go from nothing to everything, and and that's how a lot of people feel this country. Um, used to be, should be, and maybe for the very few, it's still that way, but, but it's that, 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 that opportunities is really shrinking. And, and, and I think um, it, it's, it's, it's really thematic to what we're looking for, you know, to with these characters.
0: The other thing that really struck me, I'm very blown away by high. I'm a boss. Yeah. I'm blown away by her on succession and on this show as well. And the roles couldn't be more different. But watching Mesa think about what her role is and what her role has become as a wife and as a mother and her and just feeling her mounting frustration, which is, of course, aggravated by her trying to quit smoking. Be, she, I hate to say this, but I think she might be stealing the entire season. <laughs> I
2: mean, I That's- hope she
0: I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. I mean, everybody's wonderful. I I don't mean to give anyone short shrift, but I'm also fascinated when did you make that decision? Cuz yes, we see you this season, but a lot less.
2: Yeah. When, well, did a- make,
0: when did you make that decision?
2: Pretty early on. I mean, I think honestly, and 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 you know Hallie can speak to this too, but I think even from season one, Diane, it was like we were telling the network, "I'm not going to be in three episodes." You know, that was in the first season, and and they're kind of like, "What are you talking about? The show's called Rami." You know, like like and 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 we, you know, for me, I really love this cast. I really like writing for them. I really like directing them, and it just feels like a natural extension of what's interesting to me. And and I really like exploring things with other actors for as much as I love acting. It's, it's why like, you know, um, I've had this great partnership with a 24 we've gotten to put a lot of other things into development. We just had one of the first other one, other things come out Mo on oh, Netflix and, you know, show. you know, which, which we had so much fun making. And I really love writing for Mo and I loved, you know, cracking that world. Um, and, and so even within this world of like, quote, unquote, my show, it's really not, it doesn't feel that way. It feels, it's always felt like an ensemble show in my head, um, even in the way that we were able to, like, make room for Mahersala, uh last season, but then this season, it really felt like, you know, I really want this to be this, 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 this family piece. And so, um, you know, yeah, and, and, and Hallie, we talked about that early on. You know, yeah,
0: and the beauty of TV when it's ongo- you know, ongoing is you grow to, with these characters, right? So the fact it. that we get to see, we've seen Mesa, we've seen Farouk, we've seen their relationship over these years, it's, it's so exciting. So we really wanted to lean into that. And it was also great how you see Farouk's brother you know, when, when, he, or, you know, when he goes back to Egypt, or when you see... Uh, is, it, is Shadi a cousin? I love yeah. I love Shadi. I'm just going to say this. I love Shadi. The scenes yeah. of him are just terrific. Um, I'm trying not to give things away because I am very yes. anti-spoiler, so I will be very careful. Um, it's already been out in the press. How did Bella Hadid come to the show?
2: Um, you know, so we had a role written and we were uh, feeling like it really could go a variety of ways and Bella and I have a lot of mutual friends. Uh, she's a big fan of the show and we just had this like really organic conversation. And, and I think at this point of making the show, um, it's been cool because we brought in people who haven't acted before already. We, you know, have cast a lot of people, obviously it's like, we're in the middle of making, you know, um, our 30, 30th episode right like just in terms of what's happening you know on a season three so you kind of have this grasp of like all right I kind of have an idea of who I could work with and and who might not be the right fit for the show and I think we're really always interested in making sure like who like I love our cast I love our core cast you know like obviously you can tell so 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 for me if I'm gonna give somebody else screen time it, it needs to feel like they're part of the the energy of what we have going on. And so, you know, just hanging out with Bella and talking to her, it became so clear to me that the type of emotional access she has just as a person felt like all my favorite actors you know the way that she just thinks and talks and is and she totally gravitated towards the weirdness of the role and you know i know that she wants to act and so i said to her look like no one would think this is the first thing you're gonna do and she's like i know and i was like so that's why you should do it she's like yeah you know so it was it was really cool it
0: was really cool. and um i i will also say that uh i love christopher abbott so yeah. I loved seeing him turn up in a role. I'm not gonna say what happens. And Sarita, how do you say her last name? Sarita? Sarita
1: yeah.
0: Oh, Rob. Yeah. I can't say anything about the moment she appears, but Sex and the City fans or and just like <laughs> that fans. Well, really oh my gosh
2: oh my gosh no, she, she's incredibly versatile I mean even if you think about how different the role on this show is from from the role that that everyone has kind of seen her in recently but she's she's amazing and she was someone who you know Hallie we were trying to cast like think about what that role could be when we were writing it and we kept kind of coming up in dead ends where we were like well we don't know yet but let's just keep writing it and let's see where it is and then I remember finishing writing it and then being like Oh, this kind of has to be Sarita. <laughs> like there's actually
0: like I'm so glad. I'm so, cause she is gold. Anytime she turns yeah. up, gold. Um, I was also really happy to see Amy Landecker in an episode because yeah. yeah. she's quite the television MVP. Anywhere, anywhere she turns up, always very like strong. You know, there's just no false moves with Amy Landecker. She so. really got the humor and the comedy of the show and of that particular character because she played it so, so intelligently. Yeah. She's such a smart woman. Yeah. yeah. In general, a very smart woman. I think I met her towards the tail end of Transparent and I grew up in Chicago, and her father was a very famous DJ, John Landecker, in Chicago. Oh, wow! And I got to meet him at a Transparent event, and I nearly lost my mind. It like <laughs> it was like part of the soundtrack of my youth. But enough about me.
2: But she she was really you know one of those people that was just making everyone laugh on set. Like yeah yeah yeah, which you would think you know happens all the time in in comedies and but it's 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 like you know shooting is this really especially a show that doesn't have this crazy budget where we we're we're on a tight schedule and we're moving and it's like we find things funny but we got to keep moving and then like amy's just everyone's dying i mean she was really such a such a natural fit
0: and i hope this doesn't seem like an interesting question but where do where do you go to shoot the egypt scenes
2: so the egypt everything is shot where it is for the most part i mean we had like a like we we shot an episode um you know in jerusalem and we shot it in jerusalem which was uh as a you know for us we went over with just six members of our crew from here. Amazing. And yeah. And then we worked with Anne-Marie Jasir, this really great Palestinian director and her crew. And we really had this amazing, you know, um very like just in a way high stakes, but also in a way just business as usual over there because they have really strong crews. And so it was, it was, it was really cool. And we shot um interestingly we have like uh one of our actors um doesn't like doesn't go to Egypt for, for a certain kind of like for, 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 for kind of certain restrictions. And so we kind of shot oh. some of the stuff in Egypt and then uh, we also shot in Spain. And so it was like a really cool, like um, creative kind of problem solving thing. And then, so we, uh, yeah, we, we went all over. It was really fun.
0: Because I went to Cairo and to Luxor in 2000.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And Cairo is a, a bit of madness when yes. you just, the traffic. And, try, you know, we had a guide, which I would recommend for anyone visiting there. But I went to Luxor, and I just felt like I was transported back in time. It was literally one of the most magical places I've ever been. And a f- the friend I went with, we always say to each other, we have to go back and we have to take a cruise up the Nile. Yes. it is. it is gorgeous. And in the same trip, I also went to Israel. Yes. Which is a whole different vibe. Yes. So... Anytime you go through airport security with Israeli guards, you learn lessons. That's all I can really say. It's a good thing my hair was dyed blonde at the time. That's all I'm really gonna say. Uh, but I digress. yes. I let's see. What else do you want people to know going into season three?
2: I mean, I think for all of us, it's it's i mean or, or maybe I'll speak for myself, but it's it's definitely um my favorite season that we've done by by a a, a a mile i mean i think i'm very proud of our show and and i think because i am uh that's what makes the season even more exciting because it feels like um everyone's just in a really great pocket performance wise like things that are totally out of my control it's amazing to just see uh all of our actors like really just actualized in 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 being these you know really supercharged versions of themselves like in 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 the show in real life like we really all feel like we've been growing up together because we've been on the journey of making this show for for about five years now you know from from just you know through all the phases of, of what it takes to get to a third season and um yeah so it's it's uh i i just think if you're a fan of the show it's it's i think you i think it's i think it's our best season and i think if you uh have never seen it um you know, get caught up, but also uh, maybe even just start here. I'd be curious if it would make sense to you. It probably would. <laughs> I,
0: think, I think it would because I, I think, think it's like a. I think it's a very different world. Yeah. You know, if that isn't the world you live in, it's a very different world. But that's refreshing. By the yeah. way, I also wanted to give a special shout out to Steve Way. Yes. Oh my God, he's just. I there's just something about him, just and your scenes with him just. Your exchanges with him, Rami, are always—they're they, very honest. I—I I don't know what your relationship is in real life, but I have a feeling like I'm seeing a slice of it when I watch you in the show with him. And he is very funny, and he's,
2: and he's someone who I think—I mean, his work in this season, I'm just really proud of him because he's just—he his performances, I think, yeah, just. He he's really stepped into into being an actor in a really cool way. I mean, I think when when we wrote the role for him, um, I remember you know Hulu asking us, "So who who do you think is going to play the your disabled friend?" And I was like, "Well, Steve." And they're like, "Yeah, the name of the character is Steve, but who's going to play it?" And I'm like, "No, no, Steve's a real person. Like I've known Steve since I was ten, and Steve's going to play it." And they're like, "Okay." And then and then you know we bring him in and we do an audition, and then everyone was just like oh yeah okay cool (laughs) you know but 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 it was really like it was his first thing and so uh and we're actually developing a project with him now with um with judd apatow um and, and and so you know something set in in the world uh that you know not just of a disabled person but also of um, the family of someone who's disabled and kind of looking at what that looks like. And so we're uh, yeah, we've just been working on that for a bit too, trying to get that uh, out there, but um, yeah, he's, he's amazing.
0: That makes a lot of sense, especially when shows like love on the spectrum and other shows about people who have, you know, different obstacles they're dealing with. It makes sense for a show like that with Steve and with a fa- with a family. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um. I just, I can't even express to you how much I'm enjoying this third season. And I didn't mean to be ill-prepared by not watching all 10 episodes. (laughs) It's just that I'm selfish and I want to leave myself more to watch.
2: Yes, I appreciate that. Did
0: you take that as the backwards compliment it sounded like?
2: (laughs) No, I I believe you.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. Um... Let's see. I, I think that's all I have. I'm sorry. I'm I'm being a clock watcher because I know you've got a hard out and I, I want you to promote the heck out of this season. Cause I just, <laughs> I really do want everyone to watch it, Rami.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Diane. No, it's, it's been, it's been really, uh, it's been really fun getting here and, uh, you know, definitely thinking about, uh, meeting you at that first TCA many, many years ago. And it's like, I remember that you know, it's been a, a wild journey for, uh, for us all and it's funny actually Hallie now you know produces on our show but at the time Hallie was 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 an assistant I
0: think so I think so I love that
2: crazy how it's like grown from the pilot to here
0: Hallie I love that for you thank you Diane Rami by the way in a related note when I went to the bear premiere I went up up to say hello to Chris Storer because you know me I go for the showrunners and I just said, hi, Chris. My name is Diane Gordon. I'm a freelance writer. Chris goes, oh, I've been wanting to meet you. <laughs> and I went, I- excuse me? <laughs> what? And he said, "He said, oh, I- I've heard of you through Gerard and Rami. Yes. <laughs> I said, did you happen to be at that, uh, that TCA session? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I was there. And I go, oh, boy. <laughs> so, certain things follow you through life what can i say but, but i feel i feel a little honored to you know be able to know so many wildly different and creative people so you know rami what a pleasure just so wonderful to see you even on my computer
2: oh thank you dan